And here we go. It is another BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com, presented by our good friends at the Holy Grail. Make sure if you're watching Cincinnati sports, you're doing it at the banks with our friends at the Holy Grail. I can't imagine, Dave, that they'll be busy for the Super Bowl. What do you think? Light day, I assume. Light, light day. Yeah, I mean, you know, probably show up right around six, six thirty. Grab a it's table. A, it's a table, yeah, no problem. <laughs> that place is gonna be chaos. I can't imagine how much fun that would be if if this actually all happens. You're going right. You're you're Super Bowl bound. I am, which is which is good news for. Everybody that knows my uh, record this season. Yeah. Except the big game, the big game, the Bearcats didn't get it done in Dallas. You better hope the Bengals get the big game done in L.A. That was, you're you're that not was allowed. The Chiefs game. That was the semifinals. Right. But, I mean, so. the, no, this is the big game that you're at. So... If they don't, then you're not allowed to go to any of the biggest games oh, anymore. Okay. No playoff games for Dave. <laughs> Regular season only. Sure. <laughs> sure. We uh we surprisingly have a lot to get to, Dave. We do. A lot going on in Bearcat Land. Evening, Jason. It's Good not, to have not, you on board. Not all Bengals. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to that at the end, but no, but we got we got a lot of Bengals or a lot of Bearcats. I know, that's what I mean. Stuff to get to. As I, you know, do the podcast while also watching UCLA in Arizona. Are you are, are you gonna you can try to get to UCLA USC? Well, when yeah. hit, up the, hit up the boner. Do, yeah. Do, Gets do, I to, the, do I have to see him to get my tickets? Pr- probably. Are they gonna I mean, be in, well, aren't they gonna be in will call? Well, maybe. Cal- I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll stop by and say hello. You, you know you know the boner, right? Like you guys well, yeah, chatted it up. And... Like I gotta be able to get in the arena first, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll get you in. We'll figure out a way. You said he 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 said he got me. We'll, we'll we'll figure out a way to get you in, one way or the other. We'll sneak you in if we have to. I thought you said I'm in. I I'm kidding, Dave. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Dealing I mean, with a two-year-old as your all, all day has your sarcasm meter broken. I'll be wearing powder blue and yellow. Oh, you died. You're not allowed to. Do no, that. I know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a guest in the bone zone. Are you kidding? Right. <laughs> I'm a, I'm so a guest uh, in the bone zone. So that'll be a fun one. Those they're both Heck pretty yeah. good. Heck yeah. I, Mick Mick has struggled to knock off the Trojans since he is he is headed to Westwood. So. That'll be an exciting, yeah. exciting evening the night be before some, the Super Bowl. Some sort of pep rally, so we'll we'll see what happens. See see if we can do both. But yeah, I definitely want to. I met. I imagine the pep rally would go later than nine or ten o'clock. You would think, wouldn't it? I would. Who knows how that's you know? I mean, I think that game tips off at seven Pacific. Yeah, it's seven so. local. Mm-hmm. I you don't would know. think we, you'd be able to to swing both in some way. We, shape, we might or form. be. Pep rally dignitaries with our "How's the weather in Cleveland?" banner <laughs> that was at Super Bowl twenty three. That's great. Several people with the Bengals have already reached out to my dad about getting their picture taken with it. 
<laughs> That's outstanding. All right, let's get to let's get to some Bearcat stuff. We did, we do, we do have potentially someone interested in the timestamps. Oh, oh, buddy. And it's a it's an interesting one. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Timestamps, y'all. What the people that paint the the water tower in Florence? You're close. <laughs> You're close. There was a rebranding of uh, a baseball team. Oh, the the uh, what are the the Florence Yalls? They are the Florence Yalls now. They may, maybe work a little something out with the Yalls, and then we could have like uh, like BCJ nights at at the Florence Yalls. <laughs> maybe Everybody can we throw out, out the first pitch? We probably could. You know, if we're a corporate sponsor, we probably probably could throw out the first pitch. So let's uh, let, let's get to some Bearcat stuff. We got uh, several things to discuss. We do. You where you want to start? You want to start Senior Bowl? Oh, be wherever. Start either. Start with the staff press conference or Senior Bowl. I don't care. One or the other. Uh, let's do staff press conference. Okay. I'm interested. In your thoughts. Um, I, I initially my thoughts. Carrie brought the heat exactly like you knew he would. Um. I don't know how often they're going to put Gino in front of a mic. Yeah, he might get the Lenny Taylor treatment. Because <laughs> you never know what he's going to say. Uh, kidding on that one, kind of. Uh, but I thought Gino was great. Kerry was great. Uh, I think I'm really going to like Mike Cummings. Yes, yeah, so I'm, looking, a... I'm looking forward to spring practice and, and getting to uh, you know talk to him when we can. Off the record. <laughs> yeah, he he's one. I I think he's gonna be uh he's gonna be a fun one. Uh, did Kerry record himself on his phone? Why? Because of the phone on the table? Uh, no, I think that was Justin's phone. Generally, reporters put their recording devices on the table. So I do want to uh, say before before we get going, was. home field. There you go. Quality shirt. I uh. It's out of my reach. Make I sure ordered you, the, make sure you order some more, everybody. I ordered some of my own stuff. I, I, I got the hoodie for myself. Um now he pulled his out. I maybe he did record himself. I don't know. Um record it to send to recruits. Right. Uh I got the hoodie and then I got Kelly and Kelsey each got a tank top. No, he pulled his out. Sorry, bad phrasing. Yeah, that's that's not great phrasing. This is an adult podcast anyway. <laughs> it, it's, it, oh, never mind. I won't Cin even say Cincy, Cincinnati merch in general is just on fire right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. I mean, I um yesterday, yesterday I went looking for some Bengal stuff. Oh buddy. Good good luck. There ain't none of it out there. Like even the Bengals Pro Shop was like, we don't I, I we went don't, there. We don't have anything. There's literally nothing there. Yeah. They're like, we're we're out. But I think they're getting a shipment tomorrow where they were supposed to get one they were today. Closed today, and people were like, Yeah, because of the weather. I'm like, no, actually, probably because they just don't have anything. They were supposed to get some Super Bowl shirts. I think that Cooks, was gonna Cooks had some Super Bowl stuff, no jerseys. The pro shop had almost nothing. I got a few like Super Bowl like memorabilia type things, and then Cincy shirts uh, in OTR 
was like a ghost town. I mean, there was, they'll print they'll print you shirts there. Not right now. They're on wow. everything's on back order. Wow. Like you can't because that's what I said. Like when can they're not taking new orders until at least Saturday. So I'm probably heading down there Saturday to order some stuff to try to have it by the time I leave Friday. Get your mind out of the gutter, Jason. Come on. Bad phrasing again. Jeez. I learned today, Dave, there was a, there's a video game that I don't, I want to know if this is intentional or not for the, the meme value, but I haven't heard much made of it. So probably not. It's called fractured, but whole W H O L E. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about it. That's South Park. It was a South Park game. The fractured butthole. So yeah. Of course it's poor phrasing. Yeah. South Park. <laughs> Come on, man. The new, epi- the new, ep- new season started last night. I think that's why they were talking. It was something on Twitch I was listening to like in the background. Um. All right. Press conference. Focus. We're having focus issues here the first well, nine hey, to ten minutes of this, this podcast. This is going to be a problem for me all night. Yeah. <laughs> Are you spacey tonight, Dave? I'm just tired. Tired? Did you, <laughs> the the two year old all day wore you out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were your What were your overall takeaways from introductory press conference? Oh, uh, let's see. I'll start with Gino. Um, I enjoyed. I'm glad someone asked because this is a question that I would have asked if I was there uh, about the playbook that was me. and, and play calling and, you know, how is it going to be similar, dissimilar? Obviously he talked about, well, that is a lot dictated by personnel. And I think we'll see that with a new quarterback that hasn't, you know, played a gajillion games. But the things that he talked about that got me uh, excited are the things that I think we've talked about in that talked about pace. And he even said, like, we're not going to go, you know, Tennessee, yeah. Josh Heupel speed, but he would like to increase the pace. Talked about uh, in the run game specifically more things on the perimeter, which I think was a kind of a continuous theme throughout the year. And then he talked about uh, more in the screen game, but I I thought it was interesting when he said, we need to work at it more so that we are more confident in calling it. And that's, I thought that was key because from a fan's perspective, we can sit there and go, well, they should throw more screens. Well, if you don't really practice it, for whatever reason, you don't feel confident in it. You don't have the personnel to do it. You can do other things better. Then you're not going to run it. So I, I liked that he said, you know, I want to play, run more screens, but we need to work it more so that we feel more comfortable calling it. That was probably my biggest, you know, my biggest overall takeaway from his comment specifically. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's <coughs> – and as you watch practice <coughs> – excuse me. As you watch practice, it wasn't something 
until towards the end of the year that they spent a whole lot of time on. Uh, I, I thought I thought you saw it more at the end of the year um, as they kind of realized, like, we need to get out on the perimeter a little bit more. We need to, you know, be a little bit more um, east-west in some of our, our design instead of just straight north-south. Um, <laughs> Ten minutes production meeting. It's it's pretty good, Aaron. Um, it, you know, I that part of it I think is um is definitely interesting. I, I'm interested to see. Uh, obviously, I talked to or I asked Mike Cummings about you know what his preferred system is, and he pretty much said all of it. Like I, he likes inside zone, he likes outside zone. Pin and, and pull. pull. Yep. Stretch. Yeah. Stretch. Like uh, he seemed like he's not going to be afraid to to figure out what he's got, and then kind of figure out what their you know what strengths work from there. Is your you know do you have big mauling left tackles or do you have athletic pulling guards? Um, and that's the way college football works. That's that's going to change depending on what personnel you have like year to year. Um, so I, I thought that he had a lot of really enlightening stuff to say as well. Uh, although it was a little frustrating, he wouldn't, he wouldn't allow me to pin me down, pin him down on, you know, any specific philosophy. <laughs> well, yeah, I just think offensive line, it's very, it's very hard at this stage to even, for him to probably even say what he wants to do or what, because I'm sure he has an idea of what he wants to do, but that might not be possible. Crook, um, they ran a lot of inside zone. I don't know if that was what Crook preferred or what Denbrock's the system kind of called for, but they ran right. They, they, they ran a ton of inside zone. But I just I I liked his just his overall demeanor, his candidness. Like I think he will be you can tell that just the way that he kind of talked and explained things that he's he's very direct, but I think he's it's very it's probably very easy to understand what he's trying to teach. Yeah, and Crook had that as well. I, I I didn't think their personalities were too dissimilar. You know, kind of outgoing, a little funny, um, old school O line guy. Like Crook was one of those. Like you could, if you if you drew up like O line coach, uh, in the dictionary, like Ron Crook would would pop up, and Mike Cummings isn't too far behind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cummings was an ass man, like big lower body. That was that was in relation to if you look, his lines have been huge. Like most everybody on the line between you know six five and up, like six four is short. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're looking at a Mike Cummings line, so I think that was that was kind of an interesting look into it. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how that like we've seen some of most of his offers that have gone out have been six six plus right. Well, yeah, I just think you want you know you want 
I don't think this is like a secret or everybody wants this. You want big athletic tackles with long arms and your chances of having long arms go up when you're six, five, six, six versus six, three. Yeah. It's just that, I mean, it's just genetics. I don't think it's much of a surprise, but, but you know, there are people that, you know, feel like, you know, I just know this from the Bozo that was the Bengals offensive line coach prior to Frank Pollock. You know, he was almost obsessed with like lit like huge, huge, like 330, 340. Whereas I don't know that Pollock looks at it that way. Like 310, 315 is fine. You right. know. So um so I don't know necessarily that he mean that he is just looking for the, the biggest mass of a human. But I, I think it all works together. I think they do need to get, you know, bigger, longer, longer more athletic on the outside. Yeah. Um, Carrie was Carrie. Carrie is Carrie. I think it's interesting, though, in the sense of when he was at UC originally, 07 to 11. You know, we had the the run with BK. But the attention on the program, partly because of things like Twitter, Instagram, Bearcat Journal, like, it wasn't nearly what it is now. So I think he's, to some people, he's he's kind of almost like a, a caricature. They don't because once he left and went to Ohio State and the Titans and we knew of him, but we weren't paying attention to what he said on a daily basis or yeah or things like that. So I think there's a large portion of our fan base. I don't maybe not large a portion of the fan base that knows of him from his Colerain days and maybe of his UC days and knows of him. From the you know West Side Jesus joking moniker, but they don't really know like what he's all about. And when we say about you know energy and love of Cincinnati, like I think people got a very good glimpse of that based on his comments uh, yesterday, and just like how that translates into relationships and recruiting. And when we see NFL players or ex Ohio state players, you know, making comments about him and coming back to UC and we see five-star recruits saying like UC is in my group now because of him. Like, I think it might take a minute for some people to realize like what that actually means that he's not just this like cartoon character that runs around with short sleeves and shorts and has crazy long hashtags and and things like that. Like his stuff has legit substance and it is going to be like, he's going to pull some dudes that were like, Holy shit. Yeah. Because I mean, he's, he takes on the, 
the persona of Cincinnati. And, you know, it's one thing to recruit to Ohio State. Like, you go work in a place and you love the program because you're working there. Like, he is now back to recruiting and coaching for the team that gave him his first chance in college football and for the city that he has basically lived in since he graduated from UD in 1982. Like it's, it's a different mindset when you're recruiting for a powerhouse and now you're recruiting for something that you like love deep in your heart. And it's pretty clear he's got a very deep relationship with, uh, with Luke. Like Luke joked about it. If you watch in the beginning, Luke's like, I I'm bad at keeping up with people. Like I don't, I don't talk to anybody um, outside of, you know, work. And if, if I'm not working with them, chances are we don't speak, but Carrie was one of the few guys that he talked to. Um, And you can tell those two have a lot of respect for each other. And I think that is going to pay big dividends. Um, as you see them kind of get back in the swing of working together. For sure. And Jason, yes, he played at UD for two years. Defensive back, right? 81. I I don't know the position. It doesn't say 81, 82. I would assume DB. Yeah. Just an assumption. Um, I don't know. Anything else that, that jumped out at you from the, uh, the press conference? I don't think so. I, mean, I think I'm, I'm interested to see Walt coach from the outside. He'd always has kind of seemed on the quiet, you know, quieter side. Um, see that. I think that's, um, but I'm saying that that's from kind, like no, that. I'm saying it's kind of accurate, but it's, it's, he's not, um, like we just don't know him outside of playing. Well, you and that don't. was X, right? Oh, I'm saying we as a fan base. Yeah, <laughs> generally speaking, that's what um, I'm trying to articulate. I, I think he's got some Marcus in him, and that like he he comes off as reserved, but that's not like a true representation of like who he is as a coach. If that makes sense, like sure. And that's just why I'm interested. I'm just interested to watch him. Like once he. And, you know, there's always, like, an acclimation time period where you're not you're, – you're still learning because you're a new coach and you're learning. So, like, maybe we don't see that in the spring. But, like, I'm interested to see, like, him and his interaction and how he coaches when he is confident, truly confident in, like, what he's, what he's saying himself. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like, from, from getting to know Walt, um, just from bumping into him – you know, time to time over the past couple of years, uh, getting to know him is like not a not a member of the football team, I guess. Right. Um, not like there are some dudes that like they're just they they just don't say a whole lot. Like, I haven't had any problem standing around and having a you know 15, 20 minute conversation with Walt where it, it didn't feel like it was pulling teeth. You know what I mean? So sure. the the personality is in there, but it's not like the dials on like six, four or five or six instead of, you know, 12, like Carrie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm interested to see that part. Um, 
he just he has that that personality that I think recruits are just going to flock to. I think they're just going to relate so well. Yeah. To to who Walt is, to what the message is, to how much Cincinnati means to him. Um, I, I think that is going to resonate big time. Well, that's the thing. It's like you have Kerry who is recruiting, you know, on one end of the spectrum, like with his ties to the city. And now you have a younger up and coming coach who's recruiting to a place that he played. And so, you know, you're kind of hitting it from a lot of different angles, which I feel like is, is, you know, the best way to do it if you can. So, I mean, it's an outstanding recruiting staff defensively, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. We know Trestle is solid. Scruggs has proven to be really good. Hitchler's proven to be really good. You know Carey's a star. And then potentially you get to find out what, what Walt can do. Yeah. Uh, and, and we both think that, that Walt's going to be able to do really good things. So um, I, I really like where they're at defensively. Um, and then, you know, offensively outside of tight end. And I'll, I'm hoping I'll have that tomorrow. All signs point to grad assistant Nate Letton, um, who played offensive line. He's got some experience coaching O-line, coaching tight ends, coaching wide receivers. Um, I think that's, it, it, you know, it's it shouldn't be a coincidence, Dave. There's tight ends getting offers, and they're thanking Coach Letton. Yeah, in their tweet about said offers, mm-hmm. flashing neon red yeah. light lights. Put just put that to you know together. It's not difficult. <laughs> no, um, I think that's continuing to move quickly in that direction. Uh, it's just not done yet, so that's why we haven't really been able to talk about it yet. Uh, Timestamp, y'all. <laughs> I'm giving a you know a practice of how this yeah. can work. We get we could get a sounder. What is a a y'all's mascot? It's the the water tower. Oh, it actually is. It actually, Aaron, pull up the Florence y'all's mascot. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, it literally is like a it's a, a human version of the water tower walking around. Well, you know what that originally was, right? Well, what 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 was there originally? The the tower. It wasn't it was a, always a water tower. No, like where the y'all came from. Oh no, I don't have any idea. It was a. It, it said Florence Mall. Oh. Because it's right there at the Florence Mall, and I guess the right. state the state decided that that's like uh, advertising that you couldn't. You couldn't advertise the mall on a city water tower. So they okay. just changed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome, isn't it? It's fantastic. Uh, Show that to your kid. He's going to have nightmares tonight. Yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> yes, isn't, Aaron? Isn't Brandon Phillips a part owner of the Florence Yalls? Uh, I, I thought he was with the Lexington Legends. I don't know. I feel like they're all, all the same down there anyway. So who knows? But no, but part part owner Florence, or, st- or starting second baseman. 
I think I think it's one and the same for whatever team he's playing for. But yeah, Florence and Lexington aren't aren't one and the same. No, those are actually two pretty significantly different places. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, let's get uh yeah, that's what I thought. Lexington Legends or whatever they are. Let's get to the Senior Bowl, Dave. You've uh, you've been dialed in on everything the first three days. Uh, go go guy by guy, and just kind of what you what you have gathered from the first three days of a- action. Oh, let's see. Who do you want me to start with? Uh, start with Des. Des might as well. Struggled day one. Not a huge surprise to me, at least. A lot of quarterbacks um, actually struggle day one there because you're the new wide receiver. I mean, yeah, I mean, and and if you don't struggle, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like Josh Allen was terrible day one his year, um, but yeah, you're all new plays, all new wide receivers, like whatever. He was good yesterday in the rain, uh, and then from what I gather, he was also good today. So. Dez's thing is going to be very much scouts versus coaches. Coaches will love him. Scouts will pick him apart more. Yeah. So it's a matter of what type of organization are you? Do you do your scouts? Do all the work and t- and report to your GM and the GM, as Bill Parcells, you know, famously said, if you want me to cook the dinner, then you better let me buy the groceries. But there are pro there are teams that literally, the scouts draft the players and they go, here you go, coaches, which I don't understand that philosophy at all. Um, but I think the scouts will. <clears throat> not be as big of fans of his. And I think the coaches will love him because the coaches will look at the winning leadership, the intangibles, the being a senior playing X amount of games, playing in big games. When the scouts will look at the throws, the completion percentage, you know, things like that. Um, I think you have three quarterbacks that are in a grade. We're still barely in February. We still have the combine. A long way to go. We still have visits. There's a long way to go. But I think you have three quarterbacks that I would be pretty shocked if they didn't go in the first round in Malik Willis. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. Yeah. Then you have three quarterbacks that I think under the right circumstances could go in the first round or likely to go in the second. And if things don't go well for them in this process, could go in the third. And that's Dez, Carson Strong, and Sam Howell. Right. So, I mean, it's really – Quarterback is just very specific to the system that you're going to be in and who is doing, who is doing the major part of the evaluation. 
Um, I think he, I would say he's, again, super early. A lot can happen. I would say he's comfortably a second-round guy. That would be my my guess as well. And if somebody falls in love and feels like they don't want to risk it, they might trade, you know, we've seen teams before trade into like 30. You know, trade back in right, the first you do round, the, like 30. The, the Lamar Jackson move. Yeah, yeah. Um, Here, here's what's interesting to me, and I don't think this has been talked about. I think this is a huge advantage for Dez. He was essentially a coach this year. Oh, he's going to be. That's the thing is like. So, what, I'm, what I was going to get to is like when he sits down with a head coach. Right. Or a quarterback coach, and they, they bring out the whiteboard. Like, Dez is going to ace that. That's what I mean. The coaches are going to love him. They're going to go, this guy made all the line calls this year. This guy audible. Like, he doesn't wear a wristband. Like, he understands all the concepts. He's seen everything. He's started 40-something, whatever it is. He's started 40-something, 50 games. Like, the coaches will love him. The scouts will then go, but, yeah, look at this throw. This is an easy throw, and he totally misses it. Or, you know, what – why is his completion percentage only this? And and I've been one to talk about completion percentage because yeah, Josh, we, we we all thought he should get up to around seventy this year. Josh Allen is literally like I did not think he would succeed in the NFL because I, it's the one thing that we've been told forever. Like you kind of are what you are. You're not going to go into the NFL and all of a sudden become a more accurate passer. And he has to his credit, like that. This, but they're going like that's the thing is the coaches are going to go like this guy which we, we can we have we'll tr- we'll be able to trust him the team will be able to trust him he's you know we un- we know he's a leader like all of those things and it'll just be a push and pull with the scouts in the in that particular organization. Do you think he's perfect for Pittsburgh? Uh, no, not the way they're currently constructed. Okay. Yeah, their O line's terrible. I mean, if they want to go back to handing the ball off to Najee Harris a bunch and two tight ends, and well, I mean, but if you look like for a while there, they did a lot of that stuff, but then Ben would just chuck the ball deep, like yeah. I mean, eight times. I don't. I don't know. We've seen Dez's deep ball accuracy increase exponentially for sure. For sure. So. I don't know, I'm just thinking like I mean there I are think, some teams that don't like the intermediate game where Dez is weak, they just don't they don't participate in it much. Like I think he's really I think a great spot for him would be Atlanta. He could sit a year behind Matt Ryan. Yeah. They've got a great tight end. Their coach, their head coach is a great play caller that features the tight end that can that has can use Dez in his in his movement skills really well, like I think that would be a great spot for him. I think that's fair. Um, anything else on Dez? No, I'm just going to be interested to see how he plays in the game because while the yeah. game is watered down a bit, like I think we know, like sitting there throwing drills and on the first day of working with guys you've never worked with is not where a quarterback should shine. A quarterback should shine in the live game element of this whole 
situation. Right. Especially Dez, who's got the reputation as quote-unquote gamer, right? Right. Um, Jerome Ford. He, I haven't, we haven't heard a ton about Rome. I mean, from what I gather, he's been good. Um, running back is just weird. Like, I don't... Especially in this setting. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you know, I've seen plenty of people... And, and this is the other thing with the Senior Bowl is, like, I am very judicious about what I retweet. Yeah. Because, like, I could go down there and go, oh, day two, North Squad winners, Jerome Ford. And, and people are like, who the fuck is he? Like, what? Like, he may... Like, I don't know... Like... I'm not saying I don't believe these people, but like, I don't, I'm not just going to like retweet a bunch of, of, of fluff just because someone said it. Like, it's much different if, you know, Matt Miller says it versus, you know, some guy that has a fan blog for the Chargers. Right. Um, but I mean, I've seen some stuff of him like he's done he he had a good one he had some good one-on-one back and forth in pass protection you know got beat but then did well um had a touchdown yesterday in red zone caught a, a, a long ball from des the on the first day but i mean running back is like i don't know it's there's not much to to take from practices from a running back. Like, let me see how he does Saturday. How many carries does he actually get? And he's going to be your second back anyway. So it's going to be a team that already has a a back that's looking for a game breaker type of guy. I mean, he's, you know, I don't know how much, like he's going to test well, I would imagine, well enough. Like, I just don't know how much, you know, he's going to have to play special teams. He obviously didn't really do that at UC. So that's a part of it. I mean, right now I would say fourth, fifth round. But again, so much. Yeah, I mean, that's that's also for a running back. For a running back, like, that's kind of the sweet spot for running backs. Well, yeah, unless, like, like, I mean, you look at it, like, Unless you are at the very top of the group, you maybe are a first rounder. You look at the right. a lot of the running backs in the league right now: Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, you know, second round guys. So there's just it's just it's the way that the position is valued. It's just devalued. It's like linebacker. It's just devalued so much that they're like. I'll draft a guy in the fourth or fifth round. I'll run him into the ground in his rookie contract, and then I'll draft another one. Right. And, and unless he becomes like a star, sure. that's just how it works. And even then, like, you're like, all right, here's the contract, man. Like, if you don't want it, I'll just draft another one of you. Right. There's there's 50 of you out there, Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you could go, but I mean, I, I remember there was like a tweet or a stat a while ago showing like the leading rusher from 
the teams in the Super Bowl for like the last 15 years or something. And that they were all like late round draft picks or like free agent signings. Right. Um, Alec Pierce. Good first two days. Uh, my understanding is woke up a little tight, a little sore today. And in his, I mean, it, it, again, as you said earlier, we're in the beginning of February. The, the draft is at the end of April. If you're if you're not feeling it in in this type of setting, in this type of situation, especially after putting two important days on tape, there's no point. Like it, it, you're not doing yourself any favors going out there not feeling 100. percent Well, no, you go out there and, and you and you do something worse. And you knock yourself out of the combine or your pro day, like no, like that's mm-mm. right. Doesn't it, it? Doesn't make smart. No, Do, that makes like, sense. The, yeah, doesn't make like, smart. Yeah, it doesn't make smart. Well, it doesn't do that either. Um, <laughs> well, like Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end from Florida State, just he was conspicuously absent from practice today. And that, that's because he's he knows he's going in the first round now. And so right. he's like, yeah, I'm done here. I, I've done what I need to do. Uh, Jason wants to know, are measurements and games more important for running back scouting? Um, the testing is is pretty critical for backs. Yep, um, your, what's your will, 40? What's your shuttle? Well, not even your, your, your short shuttle, your three cone, right. and your 10. Your 10-yard split. Um, just your explosiveness altogether, your long jump, your broad jump. And I would say in, in the, like catching the ball to the backfield and your blitz blocking. Cause like, yeah. if you're going to be a, a second or third back, that's what you're going to do. Right. So what you do in seven on sevens doesn't really matter, I guess, in these situations. Not, no, not, <laughs> not much. Not much at all. Uh, as for Pierce, no shock to us. I know there were some people shocked, like as it was happening, like, wow, Alec Pierce is a lot smoother than I thought he was. He's a lot more fluid in and out of his routes. And it's like, well, then you only paid attention to the highlights where he went and got deep balls. He's not your typical scrappy gym rat coach's son, you know, white guy receiver. <laughs> no. He's six three with a four four forty and a forty two inch vertical leap, like, and some and some toughness, some shit to him. Those are good things. Yep. Uh, Maje. Maje's been kind of on both ends of the spectrum. He has, at times, been dominant in the run game and pass drills. Yeah. And then other times he's gotten planted on his ass, which right. I mean, that's fine. Like the offensive line is going to win sometimes too. I would say, and you know, this is not no shock to any of us. Like that dude just can't keep weight on. And he's going to need to figure out a way to add about 10 to 15 more pounds. If he wants to be a true, like three down def- defensive end. Because he weighed in at 242, and that's just not going to get it done. 
No, I mean, on the edge, you could be a less situational guy at that weight. That's what I mean. Like, if you, if, but if you're like, I think he's a second round guy. Second round guys aren't situational, situational guys. Pass rushers, yeah. Now, he's actually been pretty impressive against the run in 11 oh, on 11. He, he's done, yeah. I mean, he, he, a lot of the clips I've seen, he's done. Oh, he's, I mean, he's just his speed off the ball has just, it's just, I don't know if it's surprised these guys or what, but like he is blowing running plays up. So from the standpoint of like just beating the tackle or the tight end so quickly that the running back has to redirect, you know, but on the occasion that, you know, I saw one, I think it was yesterday, they pulled and oh, oh buddy just, I mean, planted Swallowed him. him. Yeah. It, it was funny because the play before Maijay worked him and like, blew it up and was chirping and then the very next play got planted <laughs> the guy was giving it like my got giving the whole the whole yeah. drill you know high, much more uh energetic but yeah i mean if he can get up in the 255 range then that's where he played then you've got this, that's where he started this something year because like you know my brain works from a bengal standpoint just because i know them so well and like they typically have bigger defensive ends from a four on a four three standpoint. You're he's certainly not a three four end. He's a three four outside linebacker. Yeah, he's a four three end. But he needs to he needs to get up. He needs to get some some weight in his ass and lower body. His problem has always been metabolism and the fact that he just he doesn't stop moving. Like it, he needs he's a guy that needs to like learn to sit down <laughs> right and like yeah. the, he needs a video game addiction he needs an addiction of some sort <laughs> that that just makes him sit on the couch uh and do nothing from time to time because the dude doesn't ever stop like anytime you see him he's just moving fidgety like he can't stand still he's got ants in his pants and i think that's a big part of like he started the season around 255 I wouldn't be surprised if he ended at 230, 235. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just he's been, he's been working on maintaining his weight full time. Like since it's the just day him. he arrived and was on yeah. like two of everything meal plan. Yeah, he got, he got here at like 204. And when he went home for COVID, he lost like 30, 35 pounds. I mean, some dudes, I mean, we saw it like back in the day, basketball, like James White. Yeah. Some dudes just can't put it on or keep it on. Like, it's just, it's hard. Um, I, I still think round two guy. I do too. Ultimately. I do too. He just has to figure out a way to, to keep I mean, that Nothing on. that he's done this week has, he's definitely helped himself. You know, it's not, he just needs, he can help himself even more if he can get, 250 close to 260. They haven't gone to class in two years, Paul. <laughs> Nobody's gone to class in two years. Alec Pierce and Ryan Royer have gone to class. John Williams. Yeah. The rest of them have been remote. Like it's all been online classes for two years. Like 
it's it, it's been a much different world uh, since COVID hit. Um, Darian Beavers. Beavers has had himself a week. I've been, I don't want to say shocked. He, really impressed. He, he wasn't asked to do it a ton. Like his pass coverage has been way better than I expected. He he was a safety. Yeah, but now he's that was not seventy the, pounds ago. Exactly. That, that was seventy pounds. And now ago, he's but. you know he's covering arguably the best tight end in this draft, and just I mean. He has been impressive. You, you knew he was going to turn heads when he just showed up with his overall athletic ability and size. Yeah. But then you're going to then the, the scouts and are going to go, okay, that's great. Can he move? Yes. And and he has definitely moved. Like I, I think he's like the way you move. That's right. <laughs> I think he's a top hundred guy now. I mean, he was kind of close to that coming into this, right? He was, but he's he's like kind of like not the same as Des, but he's not for everybody. So he's def he's he's very scheme specific. <clears throat> so it'll or just, is he like is he like watching him this week? Is he all that scheme specific? Yeah, I still think he is. Because some teams will want smaller linebackers. Because they don't value linebacker, they're like, we just want small, fast guys. Yeah, and then but if three, you can four, get a big, fast guy, three, four teams could see him inside or outside. Um, but he's, I mean, he's, I think he's helped himself more than anybody this week. I mean, the Patriots would be that's, because of because would you of agree with coverage. this tweet. Oh yeah, like he he has everything the Patriots want in a linebacker: big, right. smart, can Patriots, move. Steelers, you know, Ravens, teams that play three four. Yeah, I think he's helped himself the most because of the way he's covered. I think that's fair. Uh, finally, Kobe Bryant. He's had uh, another Kobe's strong had a week really as well. good week too. Um, Corners are a little harder to, like, without being there and watching every rep. Like, it's kind of hard for me to sit here and say what I, you know, what I've seen. What I've read is that a lot of people seem to be impressed. Um, his, I'm just going to want to see, like, his speed. Yeah. I mean, but I think like if in watching him this week, and, and from clips, obviously not being down there, like you said, it's tough not seeing every rep. But like in watching him this week, I haven't seen him get beat. Like there no. hasn't been so and so like this route right here. And the, great job, guy digs. No, so he comes around the backside, either, like, knocks it away. I haven't either, but. The receivers down there, not exactly, like, awesome. I'll just say that. Okay. So I just want to see, like, what he puts in the 40, what he puts in the short shuttle, in the three cone. I think he's I think he's made him – I think he's a top 100 guy. I think, what, third, late third, early fourth round? 
Yeah, that it's just like we've like we've talked about before. He's going to be a field. Yeah. Does the team play a lot of zone? Does the team play a lot of man? Do they do they press? I mean, again, it, the NFL, like, and this is something that I I heard today that it, I mean it makes total sense, but like you hear it from fans all the time. Oh, why didn't they draft so and so? You know, he went ten picks later. <clears throat> they could have they could have had him, and it's like, well, does he fit what they do? Right. Like, People are like the Bengals should take Kobe in the second round. I'm like, okay, like, does he fit what they do? Does does the corner? Do you need a boundary, a field corner? Do you need a corner that you think right or wrong? I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Does a team think like this guy is basically a field zone guy, and we play a lot of man, so we're not going to take it? I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. It's so, so scheme and team specific that, like, I think his range is top 100, probably, like, middle to back end of the third to the middle of the fourth. But someone could say, like, he fits exactly what we need. We need an older guy who can play field, who we know will tackle, who we know will play special teams. We're going to take him at the beginning of the third. You know what I think hurts him? He's a field corner that is also a press man corner. Right. And in today's football, you just don't see field corners pressing. No. The field corner is typically like you let your boundary guy press. Maybe your slot guy press. Yeah. But you don't really see many field guys no, up in you, press if man. If you whiff, there's so much right. space there that you're dead. Right. Like you can't be, get beat like that on the field side because there's, you know, the help is further away, and you just you're just there's so much ground over there that you you kind of have to play off a little bit to make sure that you you're not giving up huge plays. But that's what he's best at. Like, to his core, he's a press man corner. Right. Now, does he have a lot of attributes that work in zone? Yes. Is he pretty good at playing off and still being effective in man? Yes. But, like, nobody's looking at him and actually, like, wanting him for what he is best at, which is being a press corner that happens to be a guy that, that works the field side. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's nobody like, hey, it's a field corner. Uh, man, we, what we really need over there is a the guy that's going to really get up and jam guys at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Luckily, Marcus Freeman believed in that. Well, I mean, the, the, chief, the Chiefs do that, and we saw yeah. how that's worked. Right. <laughs> Their past defense struggles a little. Well, I mean, it works if you have a defensive line that can get there or you have really good corners. Yeah. And you're not going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Right. Um, it's just a lot of teams in the NFL see it as an unnecessary gamble. Correct. As a whole, I have been really impressed with the fact that these guys have all gone there. Not that we doubted it, but – there's always that fear, like they've got the most guys there, right? 
Uh, I think so. And there's a, there were, you know, what is that Cincinnati talent really like? And it would have hurt. Like, long-term, it would have hurt if we were talking about, well, Kobe's really struggling and, you know, Beavers isn't a guy that can play in coverage and is too small, you know, and Dez is all over the place. Like, there was an element of possibility that, like, this could be not a great thing for UC's exposure. And oh, instead, sure. instead, it's been these dudes are amongst the best dudes here at their position, all of them. And that's massive. Yeah, I mean, right from the jump, the first day, there are articles about, you know, how the day was owned by the Bearcats. Yeah. And that was with Dez having a slow start. Right? Like, it was the other yeah. four or five guys was, that really yeah. stood out on day one. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to, I mean, that's the thing is, it's going to roll right in to the combine. I saw Rome got an invite. Yeah. I don't know about the others. And someone had asked the other day on the board about when their pro day was. And Generally, I, it's, it's in March. Well, I looked it up, and theirs was not one of the schools listed. So that do- doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't been determined when it is, but it was not on the, the list that yeah. I saw. It's in March, usually that week of spring break. Uh, it is. It, it hasn't always been that way. But so what UC has done in the past, and I don't even know if spring break is still like scheduled for when it was supposed to be with the way that they delayed the start of well, it looks campus, like it whatever. looks like in the uh, spring practice schedule, the spring break is like the uh, like fourteenth through eighteenth week. Yeah, what they usually do is they'll do a week of practice, spring football, then a week off for spring break, and then come back and do four weeks to finish it out. Um, pro day has typically been either the week of spring break or like the week that they come back one of those days towards the end of March is when they'll do the pro day. Um, I have not heard a date on that yet. Um, But I'll start once we, it's been hard because they've been really like one, because they weren't allowing students on campus. They were cautious about letting, you know, doing media stuff on campus. Um, So Hopefully, as we get toward like through February towards the end of the basketball season, we'll get a little bit more time on campus and can start digging around on, you know, schedules and figuring out all that stuff. Yeah. I would love to go to Pro Day this year. Like, it's going to be packed. Come on. I mean, I, I, you, we can get you in. That ain't a problem. I mean, I'm, you, I mean, you've got the quarterback, you've got a couple, couple guys that I think are second rounders you got third rounders you've got the un, you know the potential undrafted guys that'll be looking to impress like this could be this could be one this this could be one if you think about it based on kind of the landscape of the rest of the draft like depending on who else, has theirs the same day UC does. Like, this could be one that's, like, featured on NFL Network. Yeah. 
where they like have somebody there. Yeah. Or have a crew there. Like that's shooting. what I mean. Like, yeah, they have correspondence there. Um, because, because uh, of Des, but then also because of the depth of, of right. the guys that are likely going to get drafted. I mean, it's one thing to have Kenny Pickett, and they'll be there because he might be the first quarterback taken or Malik Willis, but like that's the only guy that people are there going there to watch, really. There's seven, eight guys other than Dez that – six that are probably going to be – like the, the five that are there besides Cook. Dez and Brian Cook are going to be drafted. Right. Um. I could probably get you in the combine. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> <coughs> Combine's boring, man. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> I could probably get you in. Um, I don't know. All in all, I think it's been a wildly successful uh, week so far through only, you know, through the first three days. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, they're, and... they're definitely making, you know, a, a solid impression. They have what? One more day of practice tomorrow. I don't know how much of that there really is, though. The day before. Yeah, um, that's what I was kind of wondering: is how much do they they dial it down? I think uh, I think a decent amount, because they want the guys to be fresh, yeah, and fresh to perform, you know, for on Saturday. Will you be uh, writing a Senior Bowl article with full evaluations of each player? Are you telling me to? I mean, I you know, I'm sure the people would like it. I mean, if they I, like your draft analysis. You're you're a draft nerd. If I have, I, I I you know, if I have a chance to watch, I will. Okay. We have some you, things going on. You could DVR it. Like they make, yeah, they make, they true. you have the ability to record that's things. Very now. very true. Very true. And then watch it like when you have time. That is true. <laughs> big big Saturday plan. Big Saturday. Yeah, big Saturday. <clears throat> big Saturday, yeah. No kid and going to the precinct. Oh, yeah, that is big Saturday plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's I think that's a full slate on the senior bowl. I think we can we can move on or if you have do you have anything else final to add on the senior bowl? No, not really. Um no. Timestamp, y'all. <laughs> We're giving it a test run. I think I like it. Yeah. Are you the timestamp, y'all? I mean, I, I think that's kind of catchy, don't you? I, hey, if they want to pay us money, I will say whatever the hell they want. <laughs> um, I guess that 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 takes us into the events of the day, right? Yeah, a little, little crouton season. Cruton season, and this one kind of there were there were rumblings coming out of Junior Day, and and there always maybe are. rumblings a little bit before that. Like you saw the kid in the batting cage with UC gear on because he's a baseball player too. Um, that that he likes Cincinnati maybe a lot more than people think. I think people assumed because his brother was at Michigan. And because he's a you know high three star, just a tick under four star prospect, uh, that that he would be waiting in the wings to go to Michigan and join his brother, uh, but that was not the case today. As Detroit area tight end Kamari Anderson 
committed to the Bearcats. Uh, the rumblings I got out of his junior day visit over the weekend was that things went really, really well, or at least the folks at UC thought things went really, really well, right? right. Sometimes sometimes you, you get a read that you think it goes well, but it doesn't go as well necessarily as you think it does. And this one apparently went very, very well. <laughs> Because yeah. yesterday he informed the staff he was coming. Today he made it official. And UC was definitely, definitely in need of multiple tight ends in this class. And now they have them in place. Their pass catcher with Jackson McGowan. And now they're kind of Lenny Taylor, bully ball, uh, physical tight end that can also make some plays in the passing game. This is a significant addition for the Bearcats. Yeah. I mean, there was all the, obviously the talk of Michigan and then the Southern Cal offer recently. Yeah. Uh, Pitt was another one that was right in there for him. But um, yeah, I mean, Cast Tech is one of the premier programs in Detroit. And you get a top 10 player from the state of Michigan at a position of need. A top 30 player at his position in the country. Yeah. 21, 21 based on the composite, a top 20 player at his position in the country. Yeah. That's, that's where that's, that's the sweet spot, right? You, you keep getting top 20 players at their position in the country and things should work out pretty good for you. You would hope. Um, six, they- four, Will they take a third tight end? I don't think so, no. Because they're they're still throwing some offers out to some some dudes. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> this one this one you you're it's easy this was an easy sell as as was in Mick's article. Sure. They talked to him about we think you know Jackson is the the K tight end, right? Josh Wiley type, Kamari, and this is an easy sell since you can show the tape. Kamari's the Lenny Taylor type, and both of them were wildly successful this year. Uh, Adding a third, I think, would be... Oh, yeah. I'm just joking. I say that more joking, but... I know. I'm just saying in terms of, like, like maybe they'd love to add a third, but getting a third... To say, uh, yes, (laughs) we know how that game goes. Right. That's that's the part that fans don't ever really want to consider in those conversations. That kids look at rosters, too? Well, like, uh, do you think they could get these two five, like this one five and this high four-star point guard? Like, I think they would love that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But but that doesn't mean that the kids uh, agree with that that philosophy. Uh, why don't you come in and, you know, if you're the four high four-star kid, uh, you're going to come in and compete with the number 18 player in the country uh, every day for, you know, however many years he's here. Um. With with limited minutes available at the position, uh, so I, I don't know. I know you're joking, but I it just it, it, I I love always having a chance to explain that there is always a, a second side to the notion that well we should bring in as many guys as we can at that position as possible. Uh, that the kids are that kids are not as dumb as people think they are. They are aware of what their recruiting class looks like. Well, it's even more of a thing now with the portal. Like, yeah. 
oh, you 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 told me I could come in and be this, and then you recruited another guy. All right, peace out. Yeah. Okay. Or just decommitting. Right. Well, yeah. But I mean, even <laughs> after the fact, like right. the next class. Oh, you you took two more guys in my in my position. Yeah. All right. See ya. Uh, are we gonna do Dave on Bengals? Yeah, at the end. So uh, we have been doing some more Bengals content because it's been relevant, but uh, we know there are a lot of people that that listen to this for UC stuff. So we do the UC stuff first, uh, and then we do the stuff that is not UC at the end, so that people have a uh, choice to make on whether they would care to listen to that or not. So and I will bring something up when we get to that part, but okay. Uh, overall cl- class rank ninth now. Obviously, yeah. obviously, I mean, the traditional it's signing early. day of the 2022 right. class was yesterday. So, well, that's the amazing thing, Dave, is we are just now to the start of the 2023 class, right? Yeah, I mean, most places, most schools like don't have any commits right now. Any they have like right? one, one, two at the most. The Bearcats have six. Five of them, uh, if you count Jason Hewlett's twenty four seven ranking, five of them are top twenty five players in the state of Ohio, and I think Jason Hewlett's going to be a top ten player in the state of Ohio. From the things needs, I've heard about he that kid, be, he just needs to be seen. Yeah, he was hurt all last year, so the, the evaluations aren't out there on him. I think he's going to be a top 10, at worst, a top 15 prospect in the state of Ohio. Yeah, like if you go all the way, I'm looking at the 2023 rankings right now. The top 50, there are one, two, three, four, six schools that have more commits than you see. Out of the top 50. Yeah. So it's very much a, uh, you know, we're well ahead of the curve, so to speak. Here's a, here's a funny one for you, though. Just not UC related. Aaron, Lincoln, scroll up to the top of that while Dave makes this point. Lincoln Riley, USC. Three commits. Yeah. 99.9, 99.1, 98.9. He is going to dominate California recruiting. I mean, three dudes. The worst ranked guy is the 25th ranked player in the nation. Brandon Sosna. Got the number two player in the nation, number 13 player, and the number 25th really dragging down the class ranking with his 98.9. A guy with UC ties that's not even 30 years old goes out and hires Lincoln Riley away from Oklahoma to USC. And they are off to what you would consider a very fast start. (laughs) Marcus is killing it, man. He's got two five stars already. Eight commits. A lot of of UC ties spreading around in the college football world. Maybe one day we'll we'll bring them all back together. (laughs) But uh, look, an 87, 86.9 is the average rating nine nationally. Um, Can this, I know it's a crazy question this early based on where this has started. Can this be a top 25? How many kids is it going to have? 
I mean, we always say twenty. It's going to be twenty-five. They always figure out a way, but we know that eventually that doesn't work. Like that, I, I think be- anymore, the number is probably twenty because you're going to want to keep five spots. Like, do they continue? And I don't think they will. Do they continue this thing where they allow you the extra spots for the guys you have transferred out up to a certain number? It has um, to stop at some point. Like you would think, yeah. You have to at some point. You have to drop the COVID stuff. But that's not COVID. That was a the, a transfer portal pandemic, like panic, where Tennessee lost right what, 30, 40 guys to the transfer portal last year and didn't have the ability to add but 25. What's well, like LSU right now? Yeah. I mean, so maybe it doesn't go away. I, I don't know. If there's like, let's say there's there's an exemption for five, right? I mean, you have um, to be able to go one like close to one for one, don't you? I mean, like, if you have a coaching change and half your roster leaves, you you have to be allowed to replace them. I think the most you can really give somebody is thirty. Like, you get thirty new spots. Now, if you decide you have to, like, you need 15 of those spots as transfers, you better prepare to, like, have 15 of those spots for transfers, right? You sign 15 high school kids. You go out and you get 15 transfers. Um, But I think there has to be a number. Like, there has to be a cap at some point. And and maybe that's part of what slows schools down from, like, we're just going to change coaches every two, three years. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. It's it's still kind of a <laughs> I think the we talked about it last week. I just until they put some guardrails on this, I don't I don't know what happens. Like there almost needs to be like portal season. I think we're going to get to that. I think we're going to get to like the portal's going to open at certain times and close um, to where it's not just constant, like any time. Like maybe there's three weeks after the end of the national championship game and then, you know, this two weeks insane. after spring football. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't see how it works if you just, if it's just open year round. Right. Like, at, at, but I don't know how you, like, I also don't know how you are able to say, like, we're limiting without a collective bargaining agreement, without, like, never any players, before. right? I know, it. but I'm saying, <laughs> then then you're going to get into a point where you get challenged, right? Like, yeah, if I, I want to, if I, I decide I want to transfer in June, you can't tell me I can't transfer in June. You can still transfer, but there's other parameters that are not collectively bargained. But they never like, have been. This is neither. We're in. We're into the the era of player empowerment. Like, oh, you're still empowered. Transfer in the window. Not everybody's situation is that cut and dry. What happens when a coach retires in June? When and none of his players are allowed happened? to transfer. I, I mean, but but you'll have coach. Well, we we've seen it before. We've seen it with like uh, Bob Stoops didn't want to, like he wanted to make sure they had no option than to hire Lincoln Riley as his replacement. 
So he waits all the way until after, you know, spring football and the, 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 into no man's land and he retires. And, and now you've got a team that decides like if there's, if you limit the transfer portal, you'll see that stuff more. I think personally, not all the time. It's not, you know, you're not going to see eight coaches do that a year, but you're going to see people manipulate it because if once you put rules in or restrictions in, somebody's always looking to, you know, manipulate the restriction. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm just saying like, this stuff has never stopped them from doing this crap before so yeah i just don't know that you can realistically be like look you're allowed to you're allowed to transfer here and you're not allowed to transfer there in terms of the calendar oh i don't i don't have a problem with any of it like i'm fine with yeah i I think i think there's the coaches are gonna eventually try to you know get their way and say that well it's while we They'll talk out of both sides of their mouth. Like, while we, you know, want the players to be have the freedom, blah, 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 we also want them right. to only have the freedom during these the times, times of that the we year <laughs> because it makes our job so hard to, to construct our rosters and blah, 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 and that's what you're getting paid all this money to do. Figure it the fuck out. Right, that's that's the thing I would say to that is <laughs> we're getting to the point where these guys, like at the top of the sport, are making eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. Yeah, you know what is is a general theme for people that make eight, nine, ten million dollars a year? Your job is hard. Yeah, or you wouldn't get paid that much. You're like fairly, right. you're, you're fairly compensated for the value that you bring. Like right. figure it out. Like if, these coaches complain about NL NIL, complain about the transfer portal. Like Dabo Sweeney. Hates the transfer portal because, like, dude, you make like ten million dollars. Figure it out. You you coach at Clemson. You won a title a couple years ago. How hard can it be? Right. Like, yeah, you're gonna lose some guys, but guess what? You can kind of go get whoever you want to if you wanted to. And he was against doing it. Well, that's on you. Like, that's your choice. Now he's not so against it because his team kind of sucked last year. Right. And he needs and he needs some dudes, and they haven't been recruiting as good as they were. Now the transfer portal is not that bad, but like. You're making a shit ton of money. Figure it out, man. Couldn't possibly agree more. Got anything else in, in the recruiting world? Um, Jalen Thompson releasing a list, I believe, tomorrow. Another Cath Tech defensive lineman. I I, I want to get to that. Four star. Um, you know, the 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 lean seems to be Michigan State, but you know. We'll see if UC is on his list. He's got Arkansas, Georgia, Arizona State, several others. Um, but now his teammate is at UC. So what kind of – or I, teammate is committed to UC. What sort of influence does that have? They extended a couple offers last week to Martin Luther King guys. As we know, that is the alma mater of Ahmad Gardner. You know, what sort of influence does that have? Just like – I mean, they're clearly making inroads into Detroit. They have been. They've they've had they've had players from Michigan all the way back to Brian Kelly, Butch Jones. Like that's not anything new. But you know, but here's the thing: where and, does that go now that you have a guy that's 
argue, I mean, some people, I know one person 100%, two people actually that cover the draft 100%, and another guy who covers the draft and intimated it without saying it, that have Sauce as their number one corner, which would mean he's a top five-ish pick. Like, it's one thing to recruit Detroit and get guys. It's another thing to go, look at this dude. It's about to be top five pick, and we coached him. It's a, it's and it's completely another thing for it to be a guy like Sauce that anytime you hear people from Detroit talk about him, they talk about how much the kids in that state look up to him. Like for whatever, maybe it's the nickname or, you know, the, the chain, whatever it is. The kids in Detroit have looked up to Ahmad in a massive way. And now you're starting to see that grow with all these kids from Detroit that are like, you know, I'm starting to feel Cincinnati. And then you have, you know, Gino that was up there and has great ties up there. Mike Trestle that was up there and has great ties up there. Got the hiccup, sorry. Mike Cummings that has been up there for a long time. Like now you've got Carrie, I'm sure that has dipped his toes in Detroit and, and Michigan throughout the years in some way, shape or form because of its proximity. You're now looking at a staff that has kind of a, a, a quality foothold in the state of Detroit or in the state of Michigan and in the city of Detroit because of a mod that who knows where this goes maybe it 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 is a quick flame that burns out you know in a year or two uh maybe it is something that's got some like long-standing legs to it but you're now looking at you know michigan becoming kind of an extension of ohio right yeah are you I would, I mean, it's clearly the second state that we recruit the hardest. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're not, you're going to give it, you're basically going to send everybody up there. You're, you know, it's not going to get the attention Ohio gets, but it's going to get close too. And you're going to be looking when you're making hires to make sure Maybe Detroit, you know, maybe Detroit, maybe Michigan is not your number one, but it better be a side chick. Well, it's also too when you have Michigan because of who they are and their academic standards, they're going to always recruit nationally. Yeah, I mean, they still have a heavy presence in Michigan. They but... do, but like, but they're going to recruit nationally. Just and then Michigan State is kind of building but they're on your level so like you shouldn't feel like you can't go in there and get really good players right so you need so i you know they're gonna i'm sure they're gonna prioritize it you know and if you if you can get in a cast tech and king and what bellevue or bellevue i think is one of the other like major major names river rouge is is good program south south field has had some players come to uc but like we're just going to talk about this john thompson kid i just realized that 
It says recruited by primary recruiter Michigan State Ron Burton. Well, he ain't there no more. Yeah. And who knows how far past these predictions where I didn't click on them, but like I was just two with four confidence. Right. I mean, I would just say that UC's got just if they make his list, which I bet they do. Uh they've got just as much a shot as anybody else. Yeah. Amir Herring. Yeah. Four star. He's been down to UC several times. Yeah, the the Amir Herring's gonna be the interesting Mike Cummings like question, right? Because he's well, yeah. six three. <laughs> yeah, is he is he is the is the four star big enough? Yeah, is is the four star six foot three guy like is that is that too much? Is that uh, yeah? Because you, you he's obviously an in, he's in, I mean, I, I don't I shouldn't say obviously, but he's an inside he's, guy for sure. He's likely an inside guy. Yeah, he's an inside you, guy. For you sure. have one of those, but Evan might be a center. So, do you need a guard? I've heard Amir Herring might be a center. Makes okay. sense to think Amir Herring's a center. So, I, I me personally, personally, like if you can get two guys that that are center guard combos, I take both. That's well, yeah. that's me. I'm not fighting against the number. So, <laughs> yeah. um. I, I can say that without having to worry about all the other things that go into it. Sure. But what were we talking about? Like at the beginning of the season, when Jake Renfro, it looked like he might, like there might be a, a nagging hip issue. Yeah. Like I'm not like, sure you can be like, nah, we got, we got too many guys that can snap. Yeah. Trust me. I watched at higher ground as they tried to teach Vinny and Coop and, and anybody they, they that like, they didn't try to teach Coop for long. No, that one was quick. Um, <laughs> but like Gavin Gerhardt, like struggled with it. He got better as the season went along, as he got more reps. But initially, it was like, oh boy. So if you can add a couple guys that can can not only project to to play guard at a high level, but also to be guys that can snap the ball, eh, I think I lean into it a little bit, but. Uh, they're in a real like they've done a great job on Amir Herring. Uh, they, uh, uh, Amari Snowden. He he you noticed. They're 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 making a, a move in Michigan right now, which is impressive, and it's really cool to see because we know a lot of it is just because they identified sauce and hit a fucking grand slam. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it's so funny, I mean, do you right? Think, because... Do you think when they go into a guy's house in Michigan, they just like put a picture of him on the table and don't like say anything else? They're just like, bang. There's Amari Stone, another high, high level guy. Uh, Notre Dame is all over this kid. He's from Roseville, which you mentioned is another one of those. I mean, six. You got you got him and JQ next to each other as six three corners for for three or four years. Yeah, that wouldn't suck. Wouldn't suck. I know Notre Dame is heavy on him now. Like he's got, he's, he's got. Is I think Michigan State has made kind of a move on him, haven't they? I I'm not sure exactly on that. I know Notre Dame is kind of the one that's jumped out as being overly aggressive, uh, along with Cincinnati. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh it's it's been interesting to see the change of mentality in Michigan about UC. As a lot of those kids are just a, now like, yeah. I think there's a a noticeable change in mentality in recruiting in general. Actually, there's no Michigan or Michigan State on Amari Snowden. That's just kind of shocking to me. Um, I just I think they're, you know, going for it, so to speak. Like, let's truly use the momentum that we have and see what we can what we can get. Yeah, I've never seen at this stage in the game a year out and maybe we're just noticing it more, but like I've never seen them going after the higher ranked kids like they are now. Well, I mean like if you, if, if like what we've seen in the past, cause coaches were on the road in the, from the end of the dead period, middle of January through this the week. end of the month yeah. through February 1st, if you saw an offer on a kid that was like an, uh, under an 86, you were kind of like, huh, that's new. Instead of like the four-star offers used to be like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Like, who's now the, it's like. Who's the connection for that with that kid? Right. Now it's, if you're under an 87, the offer is, they better they better have a great evaluation on you and think you're underrated. Well, that's the thing is you asked me earlier about, can it be a top 25 class? Uh, I would say they're either going to need to get a bunch more four stars or the they're going to need to come up from the bottom. Those guys are going to need to be higher ranked. But it's possible. I mean, you have a four star already. You have a fringe four star. And then you've got one kind of middle and then a couple guys, which is just funny to look at for the for our fans that have been with us for the longest. It's like the progression of Jackson McGowan the and, of the list, and, right? and Evan are the bottom of the list now when five years ago they're the top of the list. Yeah, that's it's amazing. It's amazing. Like that, that there was even that we even had a debate about Amir Herring. <laughs> right? Yeah. That we even had a conversation. Is the four star, like, you know, six three, two hundred and eighty pound off junior in high school, like not close to probably done ground. Like, is he too small to take? Like is that is that not what we're looking for? We're not looking for that anymore. We're not six three, two eighty, four star. It might just might not be might not be quite the wheelhouse of where things are at right now. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Uh, yeah, Snowden was all over Kamari committing to UC today. Like, th- there's legit, legit interest from Snowden to and UC. The question will be, um, how much of that was uh, that relationship was Perry Eliano? Um, and how how does Carey do kind of stepping in and you know making him a priority if if that's Maybe AJ Harris is his priority. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, probably is, but I mean, <clears throat> but yeah, they um, it's gonna be as usual. It's it's gonna be fun. 
Uh, Grant, Grant asked about the partnership with Brander uh, and the NLI opportunities. I saw the tweet today. I didn't get to read much about it, so I can't really. I mean, I don't. I'm sure whatever it is, it's, it's any any partnership that is made public like that is clearly big enough to where they think it'll make an impact. So it, it'll be good. I'm, I'll just that, that's my take. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, for sure. Like anything how, that they how can it do, works, the mechanics behind it. I have no idea how that stuff works. Like, and honestly, like it's not something I care about. Like I'm, I'm very happy that the players can strike deals and get free Skyline and Bose headphones and make money off T-shirts. How it works, I don't really give a rip. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> like that's the thing. As much as you can possibly do to benefit your student athletes with as much money as they can make do it yeah go yeah no window love go sell it but yeah i i'm sure it's makes sense it's a good partnership the way we know the way we know things about whether it's, you know, I don't even know who's managing those type of things. I don't, John Cunningham signs off on that. Um, if it's a new department that is working on those things, like I have no no clue there either. I mean, I think it's the, the, the whole department kind of hand in hand that that are, are pushing forward. The thing I think that's, that's, that's a good sign, Dave, is that they are continuing to push forward. They are yeah, continuing I mean, to say this is important to us, and we're going to continue to make this like I mean, it's a not, priority. Yeah, that's the thing is like it's not, it's not going away. So you can like stick. They're your not head ignoring your, it, right? They're not sticking their head in the sand. Yeah, you can stick your head in the sand and say like, "Oh, this doesn't really matter," when you know that it does. Or you can be forward thinking and and at your level do the best deals that you can do like obviously they're never going to be you know at an ohio state level where what, what was the thing like they've given out like millions or billions of you know who knows what it is in dollars to these deals for their athletes like will they ever get there i don't know but not every kid is just going to the place that sets them up with the best NIL deal. Well, but, I, there's there's so very few that are actually like going to get profitable, but they all but they all yeah. want to be presented with the opportunity. Like, of course, of course, you don't want to like no doubt. Is it a deciding factor? No, but if one school says like, yeah, we don't really do anything with this, versus even you uh, see on their level saying, yeah, we can help you out with this and this, and we've got these partnerships, and that could be a deciding factor. But like, you know, I don't know. It's not like to ninety nine out of hundred kids are not. Yeah, know, I think I, I think it's Hunter the, and you're just going to Jacksonville State. I think the kids at UC's level just want to know, like, we got your back. We're going to do everything we can 
to facilitate you moving, like making as much money as you can. We can't promise you're going to make $100. We can't promise you're going to make $100,000. But we can promise that we're going to be working for you. And if you're marketable, we're going to be able to sell you. I think that's the key. Uh, we'll we'll get to Crypt Keeper here before we we get moving because this thing's this thing's getting kind of uh, a little more lengthy than I thought it was going to. Well, we had we had some some legit topics to discuss. We did. Uh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> he, he put his junk on Danny Lewis's leg. And, Danny, Danny uh, said, that's enough of that. Danny Lewis picked Alabama. <laughs> a kid from Lafayette, Louisiana, that has been dreaming his whole life to get an offer from LSU, got the offer from LSU, went on an official visit, and said, roll damn tide. You hate to see it, Dave. You hate to see it. It's unfortunate. Yep. I will say there's 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 one thing I will say uh, about that. I think the relationship at Cincinnati with Danny Lewis wasn't as much Mike Denbrock as people thought it was. Well, clearly not. I think it was Perry Eliano. I mean, if he didn't go to LSU, then then that. <laughs> would kind of tell you that wouldn't it yeah i mean i'm just saying I'm, I'm pointing it out that i think the relationship with danny lewis was more perry eliano than people thought uh when it came to his commitment to cincinnati i'm sure denbrock like like had a hand in things yeah um but clearly danny lewis wasn't uh all in on on whatever mike denbrock was selling no. Uh, so you're saying Luke Fickle doing the Brian uh, Crip Keeper. You got to learn how to spell Fickle. It's not hard. <laughs> F-I-C-K-E-L-L. Okay. So you're saying Luke Fickle doing Brian Kelly dance moves with recruits. Some is getting paid. Someone, my bad. Someone is getting paid. Oh. Um, no, I'm saying if Luke Fickle did the, the Brian Kelly dance with recruits, he wouldn't be grinding on their middle thigh, and it would. It would be, be a lot more awkward if it was Luke Fickle. Let's just say it, that. Yeah, it, well, and it wouldn't be for public. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be seeing the light of day. <laughs> what happens in the barn stays in the barn, Dave. That's right. Um, do we like? I guess we got to talk Houston a little bit. Houston on what? Sunday. Oh, bas- Oh, basketball. If we're going to get to the Bengals, like we got to get to a little bit of basketball. Yeah, they had a very typical East Carolina game. Yeah. It's we like, talked what? about that on the bounce. Like, it's like, oh, it was the East Carolina game? Yeah, it looked like all the other ones. Yeah, every single one of them. So, Play well, get up by 10. I'm glad they won. Of course. Houston Sunday. I still, I still want to see what the TV ratings were for the game. I why? Just to see, just to, for my own amusement. Like, wasn't it on ESPNU? I think so. Nobody watched on Championship Sunday. You don't think people were tuned in? 
Well, I mean, I'm sure people were looking for sports because it was at noon and, and <laughs> the games weren't until three. You watched more than you thought you would. I did. Well, we were at my parents, so my mom had it on. If- okay. Your mom, much bigger, much bigger Bearcats fan than Dave. Yes, she is. Huge. She's listening, so she knows I'm right. She's much bigger well, Bearcats she, fan than Dave. She'll probably be listening to this one in like two weeks. She She's way behind all the time. She'll say stuff to me about them. I'll be like, I don't even remember saying that. When was this? <laughs> uh, November 23rd. You're like, yeah. oh, shit, mom. Um, How much does the result on Sunday change your perception of things? Because it, like... If they lose, I don't think it changes much of anything. No, if they even lose. how they lose, I don't think changes no. much of anything. If they, if they win, if they win, all it does, honestly, if they win, all it does is make the other games that much more important. Of course, sure, because if you get to, if you've got wins like over it, top fifteen Illinois and and top, top 10, ten Houston, right? You can't have any. All more you have to do simple. All you have to do is get to like 23 wins at the finish line and you're in the tournament. Right. I guess. Yeah. That's, it just puts more, I mean, it's good pressure to have. You want that pressure. Like you want that win versus not having it, but like, then it just amplifies the rest of the season. Sure. Because then but that's like, okay. That's a good oh, thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what you want. What you don't want is, Cruising to the finish line on a you know nineteen and and twelve season, where you know by February seventeenth all you're playing for is you know uh, one bid league status. Where like if we win the conference tournament, we get to go to the NCAA tournament. Like it, it the 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 result changes everything, but. You know Houston's not going to come in here sleepwalking on Cincinnati. No chance, right? There's still enough dudes on that roster that know, like, what coming in here is all about. The crazy thing is they've been so decimated by injury and everything else. Has it mattered? Outside of a a two-point game against Tulsa, and a five-point win against Temple. Every other game has been double digits, and some of them have just been bloodbaths. Yeah, they've had more bloodbaths than they've had single-digit games. Right. And that, like, when they lost those two guys, especially Sasser, you figured they they'd take L's, not just like squeak by I, wins. Like, yeah, you figured they'd have three, like two, three losses right now, right? Like. Not that they'd be perfect. Like, they would find, like, there would be a couple games where they just didn't have the firepower, right? Sure. Because they lost two of their top four guys. And the train just doesn't slow down. I mean, you know, what you have to be scared to death about is they beat your ass on the boards. And when is the last rebounding team at UC that was this bad? Like bad? They're gonna beat their ass on the board. Like, let's. Of course, of course. (laughs) That's my point that I'm making. 
Like this isn't, this isn't an if they, it's when they. It's when they, right? Like, I guess the question is, can you stay alive with how bad they're going to beat your ass on the boards? I would say the only way is if you force sixteen threes. <laughs> well, you make sixteen threes and force about fifteen turnovers. Yeah. If you, I mean. If you're putting, if if you think Cincinnati winning the rebound battle is a key to victory, you're haven't been watching, <laughs> right? I mean, they <laughs> lost the rebounding battle to Temple. They're not winning it against Houston, right? So you know you already know you're going to lose in that regard. So you need to figure out a way to get extra possessions or f- cut their possessions down. Because they're going to get extra possessions because of their rebounding. So you're going to have to turn them over, and you're going to have to be real damn good on offense because you're not going to get second shots either. Do you so just you're, send you're, everybody? To, do you just send everybody to defensive glass and say, "Look, you, we're not. We're transitions not happening." You have to. You you cannot get killed on the offensive glass, and your first shot offense has to be basically flawless because you're not getting second shots. They're not as as devastating a defensive rebounding team as they are an offensive rebounding team. But even if they're not devastating, like, we're not good at it. That's fair. So, like, (laughs) they don't need to be awesome at it. Like, their good is still much better than ours. Yeah, that's fair. You're right, you're right. (laughs) We're getting it. We got a little game brewing here. They've come back on them. Arizona's gone a little cold. Bruins have cut it to five. Four minutes left. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if Herculean effort, I think, to get to get the dub. Look, I still have, I still have belief. If Tulsa can play him within two, and Temple can play him within five, if things go right, oh, for sure, you could pull it off. And would I bet money on it? But no, you also have the past two shooting exhibitions on the road. Yeah, but they're gonna have to break out of some pretty. They're gonna have to get some pretty stellar slump busters Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) The thing, the thing that, like, the thing about that that I'll say though, you just never know with the Julius and Davenport. No, I mean they could make sixteen threes. I mean, like they're at, at any given time, one or both will just make five in a row. I mean, Jeremiah like, especially is a, a yeah, a insane streak shooter. Like one game to the next, it, they're not correlated. Yeah, you know, they don't correlate to each other. Well, and like if Davin or if uh, if uh, Julius hits like that first step back, then all of a sudden that step back is automatic all night long. So, yeah, I'm concer- I'm concerned about Fabian White and how many fouls he puts on our interior guys. Yeah, fortunately, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, the other thing for Sunday, we need as many Isaiah Collier, fathead, big head, whatever, as possible. <laughs> You guys did a great job when I put out that uh, that challenge for game day. And 
Make no mistake, Isaiah Collier noticed the multiple Isaiah Collier signs that showed up on college game day. This is, Dave, what I would say, pretty real. Right. Like, I'm not saying Cincinnati's the favorite because, look, if it comes down to it, the schools we're talking about here, if I had to name a top four for Isaiah Collier, Alabama, National, Auburn. National Bank of Tuscaloosa. Auburn. Auburn. Al, Al, National Bank of Bruce Pearl. Auburn, Auburn Citizen Credit Union. UCLA. Okay. Cincinnati. If I had to narrow it down to a top four, that would be where it narrows down to. Landing Isaiah Collier is going to be very difficult. Well, it should, you know, you're talking it five stars. It sh- it, He's a top 20 point guard. Sure. They're not just like sitting out here like, hey, have you seen my film? <laughs> right. So as much as humanly possible, there needs to be some Isaiah Collier love on Sunday. Just yeah. Saying. Just saying. Uh, time stamp it, y'all. <laughs> Dave, the Bengals are in the fucking Super Bowl. I know. That's still... <laughs> Have you gotten your head around it yet? Because I haven't. Not completely. Like, more so today, yesterday, and, you know, Monday, obviously no. Tuesday, no. Yesterday, not really. Still, yesterday, still, like, when I would hear something on TV, I would just, my instant reaction is to just laugh. Right. Today, you know, you you see, like, the, the tweets of the, and you know the end zones are painted, and the players are doing their pictures and media with the Super Bowl patch on their uniforms, and uh, it's just like this is really. And I mean, I'm going. It's like it is pretty ridiculous, and I think it will remain that way up until the game, after the game, regardless of what happens. Like. 10 years from now. Well, no, 10 years from now, we'll have like three or four Super Bowl titles, so it'll be old hat. I know, but this one will still be the one you look back to and right. go, I can't believe it happened. For sure. The, the, the breakthrough one is always the, the most special right? the one that you remember. Like, I'm sure Patriots fans, you know, do they remember 2001 or do they remember more? Do they remember like Super, whatever, the fourth one or the, the fifth one? Like, no, you remember... The first one. They remember 28 to 3. Well, yeah, that one too. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's like like several times on Sunday in the second half, I had to go outside because I was on the verge of hyperventilating. <laughs> um, you know, after they won, I went outside and screamed like three times probably you know louder than any human should scream unless they're you know 
trying to alert Dying. someone that right. they're getting murdered. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just like, and it was like, I don't know. To me, it happened so fast too. Like they, the chiefs did whatever the hell they were doing at the end of the game, which it's two games Didn't in a row. A I have notes, not right? truly understood what Mike Vrabel and Andy Reid were trying to do at the end of a football game. Right. And then it's like overtime, three plays, interception. I'm like, they're going to win. Yeah. And then they – At that point – look, and the thing is, not enough credit is being given to Jesse Bates. That is a 35-yard reception if he doesn't smack it. Yeah. But, like, when they intercepted, I was like, they're so – like, they're (laughs) so deflated. Like, they're not getting a stop that forces the Bengals to punt. Right. Joe Mixon ran it down their throats. Like for maybe it was, yards. you know, I wasn't expecting it to be like a, you know, thirty-yard field goal, but like they weren't just being like, oh yeah, well here's three and out, we're gonna punt it back to you, right? I mean, it's just, and, and the way that they've done it is just so unlikely, in inconceivable. I mean, they've scored a touchdown on five of thirty-two. Playoff drive. Right. <laughs> it shouldn't... I mean, it's not supposed to happen. Right. And you is know Lou Anarumo the star of the this 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 run so far? I mean Lou Anarumo and Evan McPherson. Yeah, that's the other thing. Every is week Evan it's McPherson well, a better draft kick... pick than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase? Every week Maybe it's... combined? If they kick four field goals this week, they're not gonna win. Well, we said that last week and the week before. Well, that I know that's what I mean. Like every week, it's and then, and that's why, like this week, I kind of laugh. It's like, well, they just can't block Aaron Donald. I'm like, well, they couldn't block the Chiefs or the Titans either. Yeah, and Aaron Donald is fantastic. Probably, possibly the best overall player in the NFL. But like, they weren't supposed to be able to beat the Chiefs because they have Chris Jones and they weren't supposed to beat the Titans because they had Derrick Henry and a defensive line. So, like, does it all come crashing down? Like, Maybe. does the offense not being able to put touchdowns? Or, or does the or, offense finally break out? Right. Is, is it the law of averages and all of a sudden they put four touchdowns on the board in the red zone? So, I, I mean, I don't know. I I, you know, we have a whole nother week, unfortunately. This is going to feel like it takes longer than the Cotton Bowl. But are the Rams the best roster they've played in this run? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, they've... Like, that's they've, a super team, right? Right. They they don't have, like, a first-round pick till I think, my kid's in college. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've bought and paid for... You know what's for, crazy to me? I think this is the third time in the Sean McVay era that it, it, it's been talked about, like the Rams went all in. Well, they've just been doing it You're not doing supposed to forever. be able to go all in three times in five years. They've been doing it forever. Yeah. I mean, it's going to – this is the year, though. Like, it's going to come due. Sure. After maybe this year. Until they trade their number one draft pick in 2020. No, but I just mean from, like, a, a true cash standpoint. Maybe. 
Um, they have no draft picks to trade at this point. Like, they're out of them. Like, is there a cap on what year you can trade your picks? No. If someone wants your 2027 first-round pick, you then can they're trade not them. out of capital. <laughs> yeah, but nobody's going to want, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it. Ex- the The value extends that far. No, we, hey man, we're talking about there's a there's a there's a owner that was willing to pay his coach a hundred thousand dollars to lose. There's an owner willing to trade his star player for a 2028 first round pick. That thing, I mean, that's a whole other story. Like someone there is just straight up lying. I don't think it's the head coach. I don't think so either, but. It's also a wild claim to make if you don't have more than just like a, hey, yeah, he said that to me. They say they have corroborating evidence. Well, Well, then I would probably produce that. But anyway. um, (laughs) But yeah, like I think they're going to win because why wouldn't I think that at this point? Like the national media keeps pointing to like all of these things. And I'm like, yeah, but we have Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, the evidence to the contrary is very small at this point, right? Right. Like, you can – it's the Super Bowl, man. Like, yeah, you got sweet defensive players. You got Jalen Ramsey. You got Vaughn Miller. You got Aaron Donald. You got Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. Like, I don't care. I got Joe Burrow. I'll take my chances. And it's not like it's only Joe Burrow. No, but, I mean, like, he's, he's the reason – that we feel this way. I don't know. Maybe I feel this way because of Evan McPherson. Okay. Well, you. (laughs) I feel like if it comes down to it, I'm putting the ball on that kid's foot. Oh, well, I have way more confidence in him than the Rams will have in their kicker. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, their kicker against the 49ers or the 49ers or Tampa, one of the two, he was short on a 47-yard kick. That's not great. So, yeah, I mean, if I just think it's the way that it's been this whole time. <clears throat> and it's so simple and so, like, cliche, but I said it before the – I felt the Raiders game and the Titans game, if we didn't turn it over, we were going to win. The Chiefs game, I felt like best players play great. Don't turn it over. Be in it in the fourth quarter and then let Joe do what he does. And that's kind of the way I feel like with this game is you just – that. I mean, we saw it at the end of the first half last week. Like, momentum is a real thing. Like, if the Bengals are in it in the fourth quarter, like – don't tell me that the Rams aren't going to, you know, tighten up a little bit. Right. Don't tell me, like, don't tell me that everyone on the Bengals is going to be like, yep, this is exactly where we've been. We have tons of confidence in what we do. We've, we've been in these spots before. Like, <clears throat> the Rams, up until the playoffs, when you are supposed to be playing other good teams, like their entire record this year was built on beating shitty teams. The Bengals' record, on the other hand, 
a lot of their wins were built on beating good teams. Yeah. So, you know, when you get in, when you get into a game that you're against someone equal to, and they're right there with you, what does that, you know, what does that do? Right. When you're against a team that's been in that spot a bunch and has figured out a way to win. And the Bengals, I think they're now, they're either now 6-0 or 7-0 straight up in games that they're underdogs by at least three or three and a half points. Right. I don't know. I, 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 I don't yet want to convince myself that they're going to win. That's fine. I think they, I think there's a very good chance they might. The more that you look at the Rams, the more it's like, this is probably the best team they've played all year. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think the Chiefs are still really damn good, but like, I the, do too, but the, 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 who's the, Rams the best were receiver? Down, the Rams were down 17 7 going into the fourth quarter last week. Yeah. At, at home to Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. Who's the best receiver in the NFL? Jamar Chase. I'd say that kidding me. Devontae Adams. Cooper I mean, Cooper Cup. Cup, Cooper Cup had the most catches. I don't think. Most catches, take, most touchdowns, most yards. Like, I'd still he, take Devontae. He Adams. won the triple crown. That's fine. That's he fine. was the best in every measurable <clears throat> statistical category. How could you take someone else? Because I think Devontae Adams is better. That's how. <laughs> Devontae Adams had Aaron Rodgers thrown to him. Yeah. And didn't have better numbers than Cooper Cup. Right? True or false? I'm not a... I don't count stats. I, I don't count stats either, except for when... They're the best in every statistical category. I don't I think don't, you can say so someone you else. If, if, yeah. you, if you polled 32 general managers, that the majority of them would take Cooper Cup over Devontae Adams. Yeah, right now? I don't know how you couldn't. Because you think the other guy's better. That's how. But the other guy hasn't played better. And he has the best, what everybody thinks is the best quarterback. And he still hasn't played better. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm just saying, if a quarterback led the league in yards, touchdowns, and yards per completion. So Tom Brady, did you think Tom Brady was the best quarterback this year? Absolutely he was. Okay. And he did it with what? Like he had... Most of his weapons got hurt throughout the season. Uh, yeah, and he still managed. Like when uh, Antonio Brown didn't get hurt, other than mentally. <laughs> but I mean, if I had an MVP vote, vote it would go to Tom Brady. 
He had the best season for a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I still take Devontae Adams. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I just like they have to figure out a way. You you got to slow down Cup. You got to slow down OBJ, right? Yeah, I mean they're not going to run the ball at all. Uh, no, they will. Cam Akers, they're going to run the ball some. I mean, not really. In the grand scheme of it, they'll run it maybe thirty percent of their snaps. I think it'll be more than that. I think we'll look we'll look at forty. I think it's a sixty forty split probably. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping they don't. I hope they're chucking it left and right. <laughs> that's more interceptions. And if you're running the ball, that usually means you have the lead. Right. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Crip Keeper. Why do you keep trash talking us, Crip Keeper? You assholes better not burn the city down. Dave's going to be in L.A. And I'm in the sticks. Like, I, I'm so far out of northern Kentucky. I'll, I'd I'll, like burn, I'll burn L.A. down. <laughs> I'll burn a couple cigarettes down after the game. How's that? <laughs> yeah. We'll be there till Tuesday, so. Oh, staying for, staying a little extra. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you got to, can't come home right off the celebration. You got to, you know, you got to. You could do like a, like a Monday night. Like a Monday night uh, red eye. Well, I, leave it. Don't leave it get, ten o'clock Monday yeah, night. Don't get and be home I, that's morning. what I wanted to do. My dad did not want to do that, so I was like, whatever. Why not just sleep on the plane? What's the difference? Uh, hey, you're you're preaching to the choir, but <laughs> but yeah, it is it is the year of the tiger, Crip Keeper. It's not the year of the ram. It's the year it, of the tiger. Was, uh, Ace Ace earlier asked about the the cart? Which I think is just hilarious. The Mike Cart. Yeah. I mean, they they just like, but the way that they reveal the uniform, like, <laughs> they for, a, for, it. For, a, for a for an organization that didn't know Twitter existed like three years ago, <laughs> they've uh, they've really go, you know turned things around in in that aspect of of inter interacting with the fan base and and how much do you think they've learned lessons from UC? I don't know if it's from UC. I think it's just bringing in someone that I know, but I'm saying like, like you pay attention to what else is going on in town. Right. And shark is the goat of that kind of stuff. Bringing someone in that isn't afraid of her grandfather. Fair. <laughs> like, like his kids are. Yeah. Chill out, grandpa. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just like, <laughs> I could not stop laughing. That he was wearing the Paul Brown Stadium hat. Right. <laughs> that, that I guarantee you he's had since the stadium opened. Well, yeah, that's where it came like from. The, the logo is on the, the cups at the games. Like, not a Bengals hat. Like, not a old 86-year-old guy hat. Just a khaki Paul Brown Stadium hat. Aaron, tag in for a second. I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see. I'll be right back. What? I hope he has one of those khaki hats that he's bringing back to the camera. What? What? What are, what are we doing here? What I are, have something really old. I got upstairs. I'm gonna see if I can find. It. Oh Jesus! So what? What? Uh, what? What are your thoughts, Aaron? Are, I mean, are, the, are the Bengals winning the Super Bowl? 
how do you not how do you not say that yeah they're going that's to do I, it at this point I, I mean they've done everything no one expected them to do they have i mean if you go back to i we, i talked about this on ptp this week if you go back to eli manning and the two super bowls that he won his team was not the best team in the nfl when they won either of those super bowls and i don't care who tries to argue otherwise well no the one year the nine and seven they were nine and seven going into the super bowl like come on man so i don't know i mean it doesn't necessarily matter who has the better record i think this team has been put together in a way that is unlike any other Bengals team that i can remember in the sense that they all believe in each other like it's not even just like just that the Cincinnati Bengals have better players. It's just the fact that this team gels better than any team that I can remember. Yeah. I mean, they just like, you know, you, you joke about stuff like, Oh, how did, <laughs> where did that come from? Look at that. You're on that back. is um, fantastic. My aunt that passed away uh, Memorial Day weekend, 1982. So shortly after this. What a relic. Orange and black in Pontiac, 1982. Well, here, here, Quite the family here. heirloom. So my dad went to that I've Super looked, Bowl. I've moved 30 times. Like I've moved so much in my life. This has never been left in a box. Like should, this is always I, like into the game is do you think it's good luck or bad luck? I, you will not fit into it. Well, I'm not saying I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> if you think it's gonna bring good luck, you can take it with you for good luck. My dad was at that Super Bowl and the one in '88. 1981 Super Bowl ticket, $40. Yeah. This it's one a little, a little bit more expensive. 1988, 100 bucks. Now it's, you have to like, you know, sign off your first born, take out a second mortgage. Did you win the lottery? The cra- here's, the, the, here's the crazy thing. Uh, crazy- yes. My dad's had okay. season tickets since 1979, so. I knew you guys were season ticket holders. I knew it's been a long time. I just was curious if you won the lottery or if you did actually have to, like, sell off your 401k. To no, go. We, we did not. <laughs> they're, they're still not cheap, but they are significantly cheaper than uh, the secondary market. Here's the crazy well, thing no. about this. Be- because she passed, it hasn't been worn. So it's actually in like good shape. Amazing. Like Mint I bet I could make some money. Who who made it? Who's the manufacturer? Um that part uh Bantams. Okay. Not even in business anymore. Oh, no way. Yeah. But no, what I was going to ask you is seeing that the Bengals are you know not shitty currently. Yeah. And we, you know, and we are covering more and more things. Do you think uh, some more Bengals content that should we put that out to the group, the board? 
if they would want something like that or not. I mean, I don't care if they want it or not. All we do, like, it goes on the front page. It goes on the banks. Like, it's not clogging right. up right. yeah, the I'm UC a- side of the business. So if you want to produce more Bengals content, just fucking send it to me and we'll publish well, it. What, if, what about, like, a pod? Same are, deal. Are we doing too many pods? We're never no, I mean, too much if, content. If you want, I only want to do it though. If people want, if people want it, like I'm not. Well, here's the thing: is like you do another pod, and if they don't want to consume Bengals content, they don't have to consume Bengals content. Sure, like, it's just another avenue for other people. I mean, people listen to Locked On and listen to, you know, the bbp or the bcj or both or whatever i mean different people have different amounts of time different people have realized that they can handle listening to different speeds of podcasts for sure and it would not be anywhere as long as these that's for sure (laughs) would you be in charge of this podcast me yeah yes it would be a solo show a solo show yeah are you producing it like you're doing the whole nine yards or are you going to need aaron to like because I think Aaron would be it. Like Aaron's a diehard Bengals guy. Well, that, that's something that we can discuss. Aaron, you in for a Bengals podcast with Dave? I mean, we, we we're a big fan of giving the people what they want at this point. I don't think we've ever held back on that. The only thing um, I'm disappointed in is I couldn't name it. Like, there's already the best podcast name for the Bengals is already taken. What? Hear that podcast growling? Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. (laughs) (laughs) We'd have to do really strong to come up with something better than hear that podcast growling. It is a good one. And kudos to Dana on that. But yeah, I mean, that's it's such I said it like when they debuted it. I think I talked to him like right after that on on radio. And I was like, dude, all I can do is give you a standing ovation. I thought it was going to, when they like teased it, I thought it was going to have something to do with the elevator that never works. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was, yeah. But hear that podcast growling. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so it's perfect. But, so um, but, you know, like I, the stuff that I, I mean, I love talking about it, but like about the games and whatnot, but like the stuff, <laughs> this is the time of the year that is like my favorite is the, Typically, it's the offseason because the, off-season, the, because draft, the Bengals yeah. stink. So it's the only time to like get excited about. I was going like, to say, I've heard you like gush about the draft. So yeah, like the this draft is this offseason is like the most exciting to me because now like, it's fine tuning. Well, anybody can fucking draft Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> like, that did not, not anybody. A lot of yeah. people wanted Joe Burrow and Panay Sewell. Well, I know. Right. But I mean, like, it ain't that hard. Let's be real. Like you don't you don't get credit for taking Joe Burrow in my book. Like you get right. credit for him developing and being what you thought he was going to be. But like, come on, who, who, what else were you going to do? That's a great question. But now it's like shit. They draft like thirty first or thirty second. Like that's that's when it's that's when you really got to know they're what's drafting thirty first or thirty thirty second. Dave, it's not saying. if. No, it's happening. If they draft 31st or 32nd. <laughs> right. Okay. I got you. But yeah, I mean, it's like, and my, my whole slant too always has been when I talk to my friends about it and I write stuff for just for my friend group is like, I write it from the standpoint of what I think they're going to do. Cause I don't think anybody actually cares about like what I would do. I just try to like help them understand 
their philosophies and they can decide whether they think that's right or wrong. But you're like kind of somewhat educating people on what that to expect versus like just what some, you know, no one cares what I think they should do. So I don't know. We can, we can discuss. Sure. Do some, do some mock drafts, do some free agency stuff, do some, you know, Futures, projections. Free agency is going to be so much fun this year since now they can just be like, uh, you get to play with Chase and Burrow. It'll be interesting. They got plenty of money. Yeah. What do you guys think? Of what? Oh. <laughs> I was like, I could... <laughs> Should she wear it? If you think that, that it's it... – if it feels right, man, you got to tell us. feel right? Does it does it feel like a does it feel like a winner? Does it feel like a winner? Here, like if if you wear do you, do you feel like she's so mad at me? Do you feel like they're gonna win if you wear that shirt? Well, I don't wear any Bengals gear because I don't really have any, and so well then Chad don't then I'm, don't start wearing it now. Yeah, that's what Chad said. I, <laughs> I don't care to wear it, so it doesn't matter to me. So you can't. You Dave can't wants us to send him to Hollywood with it. <laughs> Dave wants us to send the shirt with him to the game for good luck. Oh, well, I mean, this is something you're going to have to be very delicate and special (laughs) and take care of. And you're not very delicate or special. Well, I'm I'm one of those things. I'll let let you guys decide. In a short bus kind of way. He's special. Yeah. Yeah. it's gonna be a quite a quite a weekend. A I wouldn't shirt. I wouldn't trust anything of of value with me. That that's a very heavy sentimental value, very heavy sentimental value. <clears throat> I don't know I, if if she feels like well, I guess we'll wait till till Super Bowl morning. And if she feels like that's gonna bring home a winner, then then she can wear it. And if she doesn't feel good about it, then no way. Time will tell. <laughs> Time right. will tell. All right, we're we're way deep. We're way deep. Dave, you didn't go over two hours. You went way over two hours. 20, 22 minutes. Which is the secret of actually like, eighteen minutes, not even. What's yeah, actually two, being recorded. Two, two eighteen fourteen. Hey, we had a lot to discuss. And Bengals. Oh, I just mean like that. We have a this was a weird week. Like next week we will be back to like our Typical off-season. Yeah, it was you know. a weird week, and we we only did twelve minutes of hoops because there just there wasn't there wasn't a game since the well, yeah. BBP we're we're and, not going to talk about a game on Sunday on Thursday, right? After we've done the BBP and pardon the punctuation and nightcaps ever since, so there was just a lot to get to today. It's <laughs> a lot to get to today. I, I'm glad I got that shirt on on wax. As as the the kids would say, I have no idea what that means. Don't, I've never like heard put, that phrase in my life. You've never heard on wax? <laughs> no. It's the process of recording a record. Like you put it on wax. That's what records are made of. Basically, is wax. what do kids vinyl, know about wax. records? Dude, the vinyl industry is massive right now. 
I don't I don't know that the kids know about records. I think that's more no, they do. Like, no, that's become like kind of a thing. They they on wax, the Zom record. I'll put it on I'll put it on Twitter. There's your timestamp. Y'all. Super Bowl 56 featuring the Cincinnati motherfucking Bengals, (laughs) y'all. So there, there was a client potentially interested in purchasing the timestamps. Not anymore. They, they, yeah, we've run them off with the whole. I, I made, I made of, an MF. It's fine. I know. If Tom Brady can can use LFG as his documentary, <laughs> right? Then I, I think MF is fine. All right. So everyone's what in their phones. I think it's Blackburn, time to go. What did Elizabeth Blackburn not say the whole year? Right, huh? I have no idea what you mean. Yeah, me either. That's going to wrap it up. We'll see you next time. Thank you to Aaron Smith, producer extraordinaire. I'm not going to make any crazy claims that you're the best producer in the city. You're just me the either. best producer that I know. Yeah, oh, Taryn Bland, sure. pretty good. Taryn Bland. But he produces friend a different, of, like it's a different friend of the program. Like he produces a different thing. Yeah. Dave Simone, I'm Chad Brendel. Go to the Holy Grail. Maybe we'll see you there. Right here on BearcatJournal.com.